Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The Lady in the Dale is a four-part documentary series from Emmy Award-winning producers Mark and Jay Duplass. Directed by Nick Camieri, as well as Zachary Drucker, it traces the audacious story of Elizabeth Carmichael, a larger-than-life entrepreneur who rose to prominence during the 1970s oil crisis with her promotion of a fuel-efficient three-wheeled car known as the Dale. At a time when the three big American automobile manufacturers ruled the road, Liz launched a futuristic vehicle that, that became an amazing media sensation, but her promotional zeal thrust her into a fierce public media scrutiny, which uncovered a web of mystery and suspicion about the car's technology and her own checkered past. Boy, this is a wonderful documentary series, and it'll be premiering on Sunday, January 31st on HBO, and subsequent episodes will be being screened on this Sundays after that in this four-part series. You can also stream this on HBO Max. In the meantime, we'll be talking to the co-directors of this film, The Lady in the Dale, and that would be Nick Camilleri as well as Zachary Drucker. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thanks, man. I Thank you so much for having us. You are so welcome. I thoroughly enjoyed this film. It is entertaining and it is informative and it sort of takes me back to a time. I'm sorry to say I go back that far, but I do remember much of the uh, that this this part of American history. I had I did not remember uh, the Dale. So this it was a little uh, kind of a discovery for me and. Zachary, I'll start with you. How did uh, you come upon this story? And, and what inspired you to want to make a four-part documentary series about it? I got a phone call from Jay Duplass a year and a half ago um, after he had partnered with Nick and uh, the other producers attached to the project. And he said, have you ever heard of Liz Carmichael and the Dale? And as an enthusiast of trans history, as a person who's like deeply invested in learning the predecessors of, of trans past, I was really surprised that I'd never heard of Liz. I think that was no accident. I think that her story was really lost in a lot of ways to, to the annals of time. I think that because she was so frequently characterized as a man masquerading as a woman there was this kind of confusion around was she really trans did she really live her life as a woman which of course she did um, and it took I think this this project to kind of correct that mischaracterization that had persisted for you know her whole lifetime and Nick has a much longer history yeah, with yeah. Carmichael and the story that goes back a whole decade. Well, Nick, you, you, as was mentioned, you were approached by the Duplass brothers or how did it happen? How did this all unfold? Oh, so I, I, it's like 2011. I watched that uh, 1989 Unsolved Mysteries episode. And that, <laughs> that was the thing where I was like, I love like Unsolved Mysteries. So I was watching it and I was like, what the heck is this? And I was like, <laughs> I just could, I blew my mind. I was like, what am I watching right now? I actually thought at one point Unsolved Mysteries was fake because I was like, there's no way that this is real. I just was like, I was like dumbfounded by it. So when I started researching it, I, I couldn't find anything to Zachary's point. I couldn't find anything. And of course that just makes me dig deeper 
because I'm like, those got to be answers and I need to know what they are and I need them immediately. So I just kept searching and searching and searching. And it took me about four years to, it took me about, about a year and a half, two years to put together just a treatment of like maybe five pages of what this is about. And I was like, that's enough for me. And, and to me, I, you know, this was an underdog. It, to me, it was one of the greatest underdog stories of all time. I mean, this was, this was like David versus Goliath. Like I grew up on the Rocky movies. This was <laughs> like a career criminal with their shot at redemption. Like this mattered and it mattered to me. It was, you know, I've mentioned before, it's like, this is Rocky. This is the verdict. It's like, you know, the one thing that can change my life is, you know, and, and to see Liz Carmichael as a career criminal say, I'm going to do everything in my power to legitimately create this car. And then, you know, and then to get railroaded was, was to me, like I said, I, this isn't hyperbole, was the greatest story I had ever heard. I, it was so much so that I stopped being a screenwriter and went, I'm a documentarian now. <laughs> and I was just like, and I said, this is the only documentary I'm ever going to make. And I just went, I'm doing it. My friends were like baffled. They were like, why are you doing Instead of sending them scripts, I was sending them footage I had shot. They were like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> you know, because I was like, no, I'm in. And I just kept shooting and shooting and shooting because and everything I learned just made her life so much more incredible. I mean, she, it was a once in a lifetime character. I mean, it was just everything was enlightening and thrilling. And I, was, I would laugh at the anecdotes and the things she would say and how she would do it was like so inventive and creative and thrilling. It was like a, it was a real journey to go on. And it was, I was never bored once and I get bored so easily. And, and I just never was. I mean, she really was incredible. And that to me, to make somebody stop what they're doing and pivot on a dime to change, basically almost change careers to be like, I'm now being a documentarian is like, I think is very telling to who Liz Carmichael is that I think, you know, she forces that in you. She, she wills you into action because that's who she is. You know, did, by the way, did you mention the verdict in that answer? I did. Oh my God. That, that's one of the great movies of all time. So, uh, yes, but, uh that, man. Incredible. audacious is the word that comes to mind. Uh, someone who it and you know I I love the way she started her life story before she got to the Dale is incredible incredible yeah. it's hard to believe and, you know that's the thing it's hard to believe how long she was able to essentially her guile her intelligence her her bravado she really showed that you can make you can go a long ways just on attitude and whatever you got in your back pocket basically right Zachary I mean if we I don't know how much detail yeah. we want to, I don't I don't know how much detail we want to get into because I want people to watch this this is as Nick is talking about such an amazing and surprising story but what what's your what was your impression as you got into this story I mean you know I would say that um you know, that, that trans and gender expansive people through time have had to create their own universes because the world that we live in has, you know, not much of a place for us. I mean, I think that we've had to claw space out where there has been none and at great consequence. I feel like it's staggering sometimes to think about what lives had to go through in order for me to be here right now, along with all of my predecessors. I mean, it has been hard earned, the, the moment of cultural legitimacy. One of the anecdotes that didn't make it into the film was Liz wanting to be on billboards, right? And it was a part of their advertising kind of 
strategy was that they were going to put up a billboard of Liz and here it is 2021 and there are 10 billboards in Los Angeles with Liz Carmichael on them <laughs> and it's kind of this divine you know confluence of things and I think messengers on earth Nick Camilleri you know who were willing to like pursue this story with such dedication and such investment over 10 years of your life that's a long time you know I think that there's such uh, tremendous material and inspiration in these stories of resilience against all odds. Liz survived and that in and of itself is miraculous. Yeah. Um, what she had to do to survive, you know, notwithstanding, I think sometimes, you know, everybody is flawed and everybody is imperfect and trans people as well. You know, we're not these kind of impermeable, respectable, perfect people. Like we have to be allowed the same humanity as everybody else. And yeah. that's yeah. I would add to Zachary's point though, like that's what makes Liz Carmichael such an amazing anti-hero because anti-heroes really do shine a light on society's problems because they're like, I can't operate in within the rules that society has set out for me. And so she crafted her own world. I mean, she was like an alchemist. She, she turned air into gold. I mean, she would be like, I'm going to take nothing and turn it into the greatest thing, like, ever. And I think that, like, to me, somebody who can, who, can, who can create and craft a world like that, I understand it from a poverty level because my family grew up really poor. It was like six of us in a two-bedroom place. Like, and you have to do whatever you can to survive. And, and it's not that she was just a survivor as a trans woman, but a survivor on a low-income level. You survive in every way possible. And that we, we talked about that. That is such, it's the most indomitable force, the most incredible force about Liz Carmichael was her ability to survive. One of the things that in the telling of the story and that comes across is she was, she was full of larceny, if you will, and in, in, in the, in the sort of the roguish most kind of way. <laughs> and she enlisted people with, with, to, to go with her on these, on these amazing adventures. And I think the real tell in terms of who she was and how she, and how she lived, the kind of person she really was, was her family and their devotion to her and the people that she picked up along the way who throughout the film, they loved her. They were devoted to her. They would have followed, even knowing what they knew about her and her past, her checkered past. Uh, this is the part where I, of the interview where I want to ask how much we want to talk about her actual what she did when she was like I said before the Dale I don't because I don't want to give too much away here I, I'm, I'm trying to be a little careful here but what, what's what's an appropriate amount of information for people I described some of it in the introduction but what what's the right amount to talk about I, I guess I guess I would my first reaction would be to say that a lot of the, the commentary that I love about the series deals with the with the carceral state the prison system of you'll never you'll always keep paying for the same mistake over and over again. And I think what was incredible about Liz Carmichael was that she had a rap seat, so she saw the other side of it. So people who did have problems, people who were on the mend or trying to find their place in society, you know, not just living as a trans woman, living as a career criminal, like she had so much empathy and such an open heart to say, come in, I'm going to, you know, we're, let's improve our lives together. Like, let's help lift you up. You know, which is, which is, she had such an empathetic heart and an yeah. open heart for all those people. It was a level of love and vulnerability that I don't think most people, it's a level of courage. I don't think most people have in the world to open themselves up to people every day and right. say, 
and say, I get it. I know what you're going through. Come in, be part of the family, join us. And that's right. the, the rarest trait of all. Right. And Zachary, she was tough. You know, she was up against some formidable people. I mean, district attorneys and law enforcement and the press. And she didn't back down. I mean, yeah. I love the fact that in her trial, in the major trial that we see in the film, she acted as her, on, on her own behalf as her attorney. And she was good at it because she knew in her heart that she was right. And I, again, in terms of the production of the Dale, I still am not quite certain it was legitimate, but yeah. it's, it's kind of feels like an open question, but she was formidable when she was defending herself. Right. Yeah. yeah and I would say, you know, that's the, our hope and our intent as filmmakers is that people will be having those conversations over dinner um, and, you know, with their friends, you know, that we're not drawing conclusions for right. the viewer. I mean, I think that that is the big million dollar question. And as far, you know, as, as Liz goes, what was the first part of your question? Well, I'm just, I'm just saying she was, she, was an empathy, she was empathetic, but she was also very yeah. tough, very formidable in terms of she oh, didn't yeah. Down, yeah, exactly. We, I think that trans and non-binary and gender expansive people in history have had to be tough. I think that we have to be tough today, even way more than anybody would ever think. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think for trans folks, every time you step outside, you're vulnerable to a, a level of, of scrutiny and, you know, potential for rejection or violence. And, um, you know, the compounding factors of that, of course, right. based on the color of your skin and your economic opportunities. Liz had no other option, I think, in the 1970s, having transitioned, having, you know, six people to feed, essentially. I think that that was kind of a, a crucial moment for her to really think big and to, you know, shoot for the sky. Well, and also as another sort of example, you know, this is a family that on, the, on a dime was up and gone. From their homes. I mean, within a matter of a few minutes, they were like prepared. This was a, a, you know, the lifestyle that they were leading. I mean, no one in the family could have been disabused of what, what the cause of why they were leaving their homes every couple of months. That that, but they were in on it because she is such a, a this expansive personality, and she was loving and she cared about these people and uh, and they cared about her. And I just, it, it, I I will say. This is a, a documentary series that while where it begins and where it ends are very different in the sense of it was a, an emotional journey. By the time you get to the third and fourth episode of the series, I was completely emotionally invested in, I wanted to see her succeed. I wanted her, I wanted this to work out for her in whatever, whatever course the story took. And I, and at the end, I was, I was truly very bonded to her and her story by the by the end of it. And uh, one of the other things about this series, which is very creative, is the way in which you told it with the animation. Who's, whose idea was it to do it that way? Because that is, it's so clever, it's funny. And it, it's just, it's one of those things, it's a sort of jarring thing at the beginning, it's sort of, but you get used to it. It becomes something that's really a strength of the, of the uh, documentary series. Whose idea? I think that was COVID-19's idea. Was that it was absolutely <laughs> massive best answer. That is literally the best answer, Zach. <laughs> Pandemic. We had other plans that didn't work out. And honestly, it was 
a, you know, a divine intervention because <laughs> the limitlessness, like the limitless space of imagination and possibility that lives, you know, in, in her kind of grandiose claims about the car. I mean, it just lends itself so naturally to like the space of animation as a place it's of so clever. You know, it's so well done. Yeah. And then we thought too about how, you know, how would Liz tell her story and, you know, with what tools So we ended up using this kind of like cut out. I mean, there's a lot of jagged edges, but it's literally a paper based animation style that's, you know, kind of scrappy in the way that Liz is scrappy. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we talked about it, which is we, I think it was the first conversation, which is it should be constructed the way the Dale car was built. Yes, it absolutely is. It's clever. It's a funny documentary series all the way through it. It's heartwarming. It's She is an amazing character. Like you said, Nick, someone that you couldn't have made up. You couldn't have written this and other than real life. That's the only, it's the only possible author for this, for this amazing story. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Uh, and again, congratulations on working with Mark and Jay Duplass on this. Congratulations on the HBO premiere Sunday, January 31st, and uh, every and then the next Sundays after that for the rest of the series, and it'll be streaming on HBO Max. And we've been talking with Zachary Drucker as well as Nick Camareri, the co-directors of this terrific documentary series called The Lady and the Dale. Thank you so very much for being here today on Film School Radio. This Thank you so gift. much, Mike. Mike this is a gift. so kind to be, man. Like, seriously, <laughs> like, my heart is full, man. Like, it really means so much, like, to, just to hear you say that. Just, also, your energy, too, is, man, incredible. So, <laughs> well, um, I feel the spirit. You know what I'm saying yeah, here? Yeah. I, it, it's appropriate to the story, and it's appropriate to your filmmaking. So congratulations to you. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Well, thanks, Mike. Have a good one. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Radio.